here welcome y'all back to the black dogs sports podcast i'm joined tonight by Derek thomas and ricardo suggs first i'm gonna shoot at ricardo man how you doing man hey man come be better i'm here working uh taking my taking time out you know what I'm saying do do the podcast with y'all guys man i know a lot of people out here got real busy man for everybody to come through and come do this on today on a crumb of you know what I'm saying? That says a lot, man. You know what I'm saying? Even the people that didn't get a chance to do it today. Hey, man. Like, uh, yeah, everybody have enough fun for me because I'm on the cock, y'all. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, on this Christmas Eve, uh, people could be out doing a whole lot of other things. Uh, but, you know, we're here doing the pie, you know, giving everybody. Maybe we can put out this special Christmas episode if uh, AJ can get around to it. You know, that sometimes takes like two weeks sometimes. All right, Derek. How you doing, man? to be home in Mississippi for Christmas and talking about Bulldog sports. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Well, I was, part of me was I could be back home in Mississippi for Christmas, but, you know, I have a lot of family here in Texas, so, you know, I have an opportunity to spend time with them. Uh, but, you know, to the fans, we're going to have us a fun show tonight. Obviously, we got to talk about Willie Gay and Gary Schrader. That's what everybody's talking about uh, throughout Bulldog Nation right now. You know, we kind of go dive a little bit into that. Who's wrong? Should the players get consequences? Is it much to do about nothing, as a lot of people do feel like it is? But also, uh, to go along with that, we're going to discuss the basketball teams. The men seem to be trending down. The ladies seem to be trending up, especially Rakia Jackson. And then we're going to have a debate. Who's the best player, Rakia Jackson or Jessica Carter? Who should we run uh, the ball, go through on the women's basketball team? And then for the third topic, we're going to talk about the Music City Bowl. And Cole and Dancer are going probably kind of going to lump that into the discussion about the bowl. And about just what the fans are saying about both of those guys deciding to, not, to sit out the bowl game and just prepare for the NFL draft. And does this game start the, the Gary Schrader era? And what are our official predictions on the games, the game, and why? All right, so let's let's start with the smoke first. We'll go to Ricardo. Like, who do you think was wrong in this Gary Schrader Willie Gay mess that it seems that everybody's discussing right now? Be totally honest on that subject. Uh, I think I'm gonna go in a different direction. I feel like they're both in the wrong because, like, I know it's probably been some heated stuff or some, you know, saying some bad blood or something there. Who knows? You know, saying we're not in the locker room. We only go by from what happens or what's heard or what's told. But I, I think they're both because, you know, saying maybe it's a lot of fire. On them. I, I, who, who knows? Because. You know, we may need this for this Louisville game. Uh, we don't know who's starting, whether it's Schrader or Stevens or Thompson or uh, Maiden or whoever. But that, that that's probably a little fire under the, with the defense and the rest of the team. Uh, from what was said from a, a couple uh, associates that's in a group text that I'm, I'm a part of, that he has a nice little shine. Uh, it may be cleared up by the time the bowl game starts next week. may not. But I think it's something like, if from what I was just told is true, which more than likely it probably is, 
Um, then it was said that he just he made a play hit the quarterback, smacked him on the butt, and told him good hit. And I'm guessing that he didn't like it. So with that being said, I think it could have been handled another way. And the coaches will be, you know, they'll they'll take heed to all this. But do I think they should be suspended now? I don't think it's that serious. That that could be handled in house. He can make them do Gators or do the Oklahoma drills or something. But I don't think they should be uh, suspended. Uh, do you think that maybe that something should be done to the players, you know, for this little brush up? Because it is garnering a lot of attention. It's none of the type of things that you know fans and media don't they don't know much about. But sometimes they're there, and sometimes these things get out. So. Do you think it's something that they should get any type of consequences for? Well, all the consequences that need to be had is I agree with Ricardo. Make them run some gaxers, make them run, make them roll, give them punishment work. This is the last game of the season. You're going to want to try to end this season on a positive note. And is it a bad incident that occurred? Yes. It was a bad incident that happened. You know, two players fighting, both players wearing the same number. Both players are important to the success of this football team. So instead of suspending them, man, give them some punishment work. Let them know, hey, look, you know, this is your consequences for committing this act. And we don't necessarily know what was said, you know, um, outside of what Ricardo said. Because I read uh, where... um, you know, they were still going at it with helmets on, and then they know the helmets are off, and, you know, Gary Spreader got popped. So, uh, you know, these are still young men with, you know, testosterone raging. And we know Willie Gay is a passionate player. We know Gary Schrader is a passionate player. They're both competitive. I don't think we should suspend them, but give them plenty of punishment work. So, you know, especially Willie Gay um, for throwing the punch, you know, um, because you can't have that. You know what I'm saying? You can't have that uh, type of behavior. Uh, so just give them plenty of punishment work. I think that'll suffice. Well, just for my two cents, man, the thing I kind of think about, I, I find this clearly state, I think Willie Gay was in the wrong in this situation. Like, I, I'm sure Gary Schrader probably, had, probably said something slick. But it should have never really, you know, happened anyway. For for Willie Gay to hit the quarterback late, there's something to this. I know in a way people are trying to say that there's much to do about nothing. We're going to get to that. But, no, no, I play football at least at the high school level. It's not saying my experience as a football player. But I've hit the quarterback late or when I wasn't supposed to type situation. And the reason I hit him is because I didn't like him. I've done it before. So could it be just a Willie Gay don't like him situation? But considering we're taking the level, this is college level. This is like high school people do this silly stuff. You know, this is college level before a big bowl game. And this is your guy, potential quarterback of the future. So I kind of wonder, and this ain't me trying to speculate and start any type of mess, but it's only one or two type of things going on. And I'm going to use one of the AJ things now. Here's either A, Willie Gay, and even probably considering he's one of the leaders of the team, doesn't like Gary Schrader, and that speaks to a problem. Or B, Willie Gay kind of just sucks. as Not like as a talent, but like maybe like character-wise. Because that's just something you don't do. So, and neither one of them are good. I just can't see a middle ground with this situation. 
I do think there there's something to it. And it's not me just trying to speculate. I don't want there to be problems on our team, but it's something telling me it's something more to this than what people are leading on. Because, no, they didn't just get in a fight and practice it in a scuffle. When do you ever hear about a linebacker and a quarterback getting a fight? The only time I seen something like that was when Cam Newton got to fight with his team. And, yes, that proves the quarterback's probably a little tough and he wants to smoke. But when do guys just get to fight like that? And they got to fighting after practice, too. So that show, that's some serious, probably bad. This is like some practice brush up that just, you know, they got a little intense and got competitive at practice. This happened after practice. And the fact that the media is making it a point to try to, and I guess we're part of the media, is trying to marginalize the situation, saying it's not that big a deal, is telling me it's something to it. Because otherwise they wouldn't be doing that. And I'm talking about the Mississippi State media because they are homers, so they're going to make out the situation to not be as bad as it is. And that's what's giving me pause to the situation is that it seems like people are doing a lot of damage control. Because normally this type of thing, yeah, that was a fight, let's move on. Like, I'm sure it's been fights throughout this, the, this particular season. And just for this particular fight to get out, this guy got a black eye. It is something you're going to have to talk about. I don't know. I, I think it's something at least worth watching. I'll just say that much. Because you're talking about the leader of the defense and the leader of the offense. I mean, Willie Gay is the, the leader of the defense. So it's uh, it's got to be something to it. So I, I, I would say Errol Thompson is the leader of defense. Willie Gay is the most emotional. And I think he's the most leader, yes. But Errol Thompson is the alpha dog linebacker on that defense. He is the, he's the one that calls the shots. Yes. And maybe this is something that I'm pretty sure um, – a lot of teams have like a players council that right. they're probably going to decide what should happen here, you know, because ultimately they're going to find out or they're going to know exactly what the cause of this uber aggression response was, you know, like you're saying, does Willie Gay not like Trader? I, I don't necessarily think that that's it. I just they don't think have to that like it was So what now? I was saying they don't have to like each other. Right. They don't, but we don't know that's the case. I just think it was tempers flaring at, uh, on the football field, and that incident happened. Plus, you're both – they're going to have to put this incident behind them because Willie Gay, if he comes back for his senior year, uh, he's going to be one of the elite defensive leaders and Gary Schrader's potential starting quarterback of the future. So they're going to have to get past this incident, especially with the bowl game coming up. Another thing that kind of worries me about it, I don't know how true this is, uh, but I know it was – I'm trying to stop saying um. But they talked about how Gary Schrader put out a tweet alluding to the fact that he might leave or something like that. I don't know how true that is. That I'm sure that tweet's been deleted by now, but I know there was yeah, talk about it. I, I was looking for it. Like I heard about that. I don't know how true that is, but if he that was his initial emotional reaction, there is something to this. Nobody just wants to leave a school after one fight if it was just a practice brush up. This is something that's been building. Like I just really believe that. You got to think about Willie Gay been out most of the season. I think it's just I and I think it's just like when we interviewed uh, Quinn Wesley last night. Like it's some like those guys being suspended. It maybe it caused more friction than we realized. It was a lot to that. I think, you know, as fans, we were upset this season that we didn't win and we didn't do as well as maybe we felt we should have. But losing those players, those things could cause divisions and 
different things like that happening. You got to think Willie Gay is a guy. Some of those guys, like Jalen Maiden and some of the other players, they never got back into the mix. Willie Gay, every game that he was available, he would start or play significant time. So you have to look at that. Now he's going to hit the quarterback late. I, I think it's just a lot of stuff to this. So this one, I, I'm not going to dismiss it like it's just, just some random thing. I think it's some Bears watching it. We'll probably have more discussion about it after the bowl game. All right, so let's move on. So, well, let's just ask this. Ricardo, you hadn't uh, come in in a while. So, Ricardo, do you think it's much to do about nothing, or do you think it's something to this smoke? Um, uh, I think I'm, I might pick it back up for your 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 sentiment, man. I think it's just a little. It's a, it's some weather smoke that's fine, man. I think this has just been bubbling for a long time, like boiling. Something on the stove. Once you start that boil, start that water on the stove, put fine. Eventually, it's gonna boil. So I think it's just. Gonna, I think it's been festering for a while. Maybe to the fact of, and I'm just, you know, saying making a, a hypothesis here. Maybe Schroeder is that guy that I forgot who was describing him. Maybe he's another Fitzgerald, and maybe he came into the locker room. With the big head, this and that, and that, and the other, and really kind of feeling himself in the upper class, really ain't feeling it. And he's like, hey, bro, you ain't really done nothing to be, you know, saying calling those shots or acting like this, or acting like this. And it's probably looking because Willie Gay about to be a senior. You know what I'm saying? And it's probably, he's probably said or done things that rubbed in the wrong way. And he's like, you know what? Let me take this my opportunity. Here's my chance. But I'm just making an educated guess. So I, I could be wrong. But that's just my purpose on it. I think there is a little more to it than what meets the eye. But I think things you kind of, I would say, I don't want to use that cliche of saying hitting the nail on the head, but you're saying like Schrader, because we got to look at the dynamics too. Willie Gay is a potential draftable player, a guy who may go in the first three or four rounds, however he tests out. He may even got, I think he's a first or second round talent, but of course he may not have the body of work to get drafted in the first round or the second round this particular year, but he does have that type of ability. So he's looking at himself as a pro guy a guy who's done a lot for the program, and, you know, he's an upperclassman. And then you got Gary Schroeder, as you stated, coming in like this freshman and kind of – and Fitzgerald had a pretty horrible reputation when he first came to Mississippi State. And I think it improved. And even um, Nelson Adams was on the show, and he kind of talked about how they weren't really feeling him. And I used to hear these things even back then that dudes did not like Fitzgerald. And for understanding, there was an incident that happened that I heard about someone told me about that – uh, he probably should have got kicked off the team even back then. And we're not going to turn this into a Fitzgerald conversation, but that kind of just speaks to, you know, where Fitzgerald was at that time. And, but with Schrader, I don't think he's arrogant or anything. It hadn't seen like anything is suggesting that he's dead, but it's kind of hard for a person that start believing their own press clippings a little bit. You know, he's had a lot of hype this year. I don't know if it's all warranted, but after the helicopter hit, he's like the next it guy. So maybe he's, in a way, maybe getting a little too big for his britches. And maybe Willie Gay was letting him know, like, hey, bro, no. So, you know, with that little comment, like, you know, I know Paul Jones shared on 247 that apparently the sequence might have been something along the lines of Willie Gay hit him late and Gary Schrader was like, hey, you know, good hit, but, you know, that's 15 yards in the game. That's like one of the little, I don't want to use the words I really want to use, but one of the little comments that, you know, certain type of people would use, they ain't talking about like a racial deal. Like, you know, like us growing up, we talk about another guy and they make those comments, you know, what you would call them. And 
So Willie Gay might have just let him like, hey, bro, I ain't really appreciate that. So it's a slick little comment, probably not in a way a big deal, but in a way it may be, it may kind of, like you said, one of those things that's kind of festering. Like, oh, this dude always making them little, saying some little slick stuff like that. He kind of feeling himself. So maybe Willie Gay was like, hey, bro, you not like, because I'm pretty sure they're not sharing all the words that got shared that, that it, that's where it changed between those two guys. And maybe we're just making a whole lot about nothing being on some TMZ stuff. But if it's something that uh, truly could eventually affect the football team, because you're talking to a guy like Willie Gay, what if this is so bad where he decides he wants to go pro? It's not out the realm of possibility. What if Schrader decides he wants to transfer? What do these guys say? I can't be on the same team with this dude. Like, it seems like a lot, but weirder things have happened. So I think we at least need to keep an eye on. If those guys make certain decisions, who's to say that this isn't – people say that, but remember the whole thing with KD and – and Draymond Green, this is a whole, they were on a whole different level. They're pros and they're both, you know, superstar players. But at the same time, this is what happens on teams sometimes. They say, oh, if people decide, like, oh, they got over, it's not a big deal. But then KD come back later, like, oh, yeah, they had some. It's just something that bears watching. So I guess we'll just table that for now. And then we'll come back to it probably next week. And we'll probably, more information will probably eventually come out on this situation. All right, guys. So let's, let's get into a little bit of basketball before we come back to football for a little bit. Let's talk about the boys struggling. And in a sense, they've kind of been struggling all year. They still haven't found their way. Do you think they will get it together for SEC play? So I'll shoot it first to Derek. Do you think the boys will get it together for SEC play? Uh, first off, how do I sound? Because I'm in a I'm in a, a different area of my mom's house. So I, am, I clear? am I coming in clear? Yes. Okay. Well, that was an embarrassing loss. Um, I think we need to go back to basics of basketball. Have any of y'all ever seen the movie Hoosiers with Gene Hackman? I may have seen a few minutes of it. Well, he had a rule that you have to, he wanted you to pass the ball four times before you shoot the ball. I mean, we have no type of offensive float. We just come down, shoot the ball. I mean, shoot, 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 no matter how bad our percentage we shoot. Instead of taking high-percentage shots, we're taking low-percentage shots. And even though we're not losing by much, if you take high-percentage shots and hit your free throws, we're on the speed right now. Yes, we have a good record, but we've given the game the way that we've lost because we aren't executing how we should be executing. And that, to me, goes back to coaching. Uh, ben Howard, we know what he did at UCLA. What he did at UCLA has not followed him to Mississippi State. It just has followed him to Mississippi State. So even though he has a winning team, the basketball team has not really improved to me with the talent that we have. You can't lose games like this to New Mexico State and think you're going to go into the SEC and dominate. Now, granted, yes, that's just one loss. You know, then we lost to a, who? Louisiana Tech, I think. One of those Louisiana squads that didn't get an over. And, of course, we could go on a magical run in the SEC. But based on how we're playing now, man, we're a middle of the road to a bottom team in the SEC. You know, and we have too much talent uh, to be that type of squad. Right. Cardo, so do you think the boys will be able to turn it around before SEC play? Not especially not if we got Nick Witherspoon back. I don't even know if Nick Witherspoon back gonna make a difference. 
after what I seen the other night. I'm, I'm with Derek, man. Like this, this is ridiculous. We losing the teams like this. Like we, we have too much talent on our team. Too many four stars on our team, and a couple five stars sprinkling in there for us to be not competing like this. It's like if they're playing more me ball than we ball, right. and I, they, they better get it, get it together because we gonna get smoked in the SEC. Because Kentucky's a Kentucky. Uh, Vanderbilt is better this year with uh, Jerry Stackhouse, their coach up there. And we just want to get it together because if not, we ain't going to get out the SEC tournament, let alone NCAA tournament. Right. And the thing is, uh, this is my little time watching the boys. I think what you kind of see happening, I kind of, we've talked about it on previous shows. I think what's happening, the offense, in my opinion, should flow through the bigs. And most of the time in college basketball, that isn't how it goes. But it should flow through the big. So it's a lot of guard down to play. You know, majority of the season been Tyson Carter and his jacking up shots. Now we got Nick Weatherspoon coming back. And I'm sure that dynamic is going to change because Nick Weatherspoon is a better player and he's probably going to be the one controlling the offense. But you kind of see it just an odd dynamic. I don't know if we have a player that's dominant enough. I think Perry has the talent, but a dominant enough player where we should be playing, as you say, hero ball or one guy's taking most of the shots or anything dominating the ball, it should be a constant flow. I think we have a good collection of talent where we can have a solid eight-man rotation and beat a lot of teams. you got a Reggie Perry who has a versatile skill set. But what, what you're seeing now, what you didn't see early in the season, Reggie Perry wasn't doing a lot of that guard-oriented stuff early in the season where he's trying to handle the rock, trying to do all the stuff. But I think he almost feels like he has to do that now if he's going to get his touches. He's trying to get to the lead. That's what Reggie Perry is trying to do, which is understandable. Nobody can really fault him for that. But it's the way you go about it. So I, I definitely don't want to see him like kind of fall into that trap. He really should be getting fed the ball inside and using his outside game when necessary, not as a primary mode of scoring. Now he's made some impressive plays from the outside, but at the end of the day, he's an inside-out player, and that's what he should be doing, especially at the Cosmo. So I think right now that's that, and honestly, some of that goes to coaching. At some point, Vic Shaver needs to tell them, hey, this is what we are gonna do. You have to create that structure. You shouldn't let guys just go out there and just be jacking up shots. All right, guys. So just transitioning from one team that seems like they don't got it together to a team after some struggles where they lost two games in a row. It seems like our girls have gotten it together, and they have multiple girls in a way that they can kind of go to. So the ladies kind of – they won the duel in the desert, and the MVP of the tournament was Rakia Jackson. We've talked about her a few times, and it seems like she's finally kind of coming – into her own and kind of asserting herself after nine or 10 games, she's finally starting to come into her own and try to be that go-to girl for the team. So my first question, do you think that's good for the team that Rakia is finally asserting herself? I'm going to go first to Ricardo. Do you think it's good that she's finally kind of being that top five-star player that we expected her to be? I am happy to see this. This is the most refreshing thing I've seen all year out of Mississippi State athletics, especially when it comes to basketball. This is like, she's really playing like a five-star recruitment uh, thing. And this is the person I expect. This is the player I expect her to be. Like, I, we, we're going to need her to be this this type of player we expect to make any type of deep runs in a tournament again this season. Uh, with everybody else needing to step up to it, just can't be her. She can't be just the the, the main center of focus, the center of focus. Like, she can't be the LeBron on the team with a bunch of role players. It's everybody just know their role and do their job. But um, I'm glad that she's finally coming through and doing what she'll do because it seems like nobody else wants it. And she has that mentality that she has that dog and she wants it. And she has it. 
So I'm glad to see that her, you know, saying she's performing as such. And I'll say before we kind of shoot it to Derek and then we can move on to that next topic. Like it's kind of refreshing to see a Mississippi State athlete, as you said, step up to the plate. One of the more refreshing things to see. And that was the thing I really liked about her. And I was like, I've been excited to watch her. Cause seeing a Mississippi State player with that dog, and I mean the one thing we talked about well is this season, and even some of us have discussed in previous seasons of Mississippi State sports and all sports is like not having that player who when the chips get down, I guess that's why people love Dak. When the chips get down, you go out there and ball. Those are the players I've always had an appreciation for. Even some, if some of those guys weren't always the biggest name, when we needed them to show up in those big games, they did. Chad Bumpers did not show up in the big games. Kylan Hill, in my opinion, hasn't shown up in the big games. There's certain players we've had in history that haven't shown up in the big games, but the guys I have an appreciation for are the Chris Ruffs. Chris Ruffs showed up in the big games. I can remember big games he had against teams that were quality opponents and helped us win games. I can remember a Jamie and Lewis showing up in the big games. Vic Ballard, Josh Robinson, Dak Prescott, they showed up when we needed them to. And, and we can think about in basketball with a Timmy Bowers and, you know, those guys way back when. Like, those are the players I have an appreciation for. So, Rakia Jackson seems like she might even be a step above them. Like, I said over the summer, Rakia Jackson is a national star. And I know we have Victoria Vinnins and a lot of people like her. But I think she's like on a whole different level. I think Rakia Jackson is that player who can take us to a national championship. We've never won a national championship in any sport, but I think like she's we've gotten to two of the last what three years in girls basketball. She is the player I think that can take us to where we can win, win not win the gold, but win um, that NCAA title for that first time. So, Derek, do you feel like it's good that Rakia? Is kind of asserting herself right now for the women's basketball team. It's good when anyone can assert themselves. Because here's the thing. While Rakia Jackson is a national bona fide five-star recruit, she has struggled starting off her young Bulldog career. It's good to see her play well. It's good Jessica Carter is also playing well. But the one player we need to contribute every game is the one player we were missing last year which could have impacted us in a, such a positive way that we could have beaten Oregon. And that's the big Australian, Chloe Bibby. She had a good game the first game, um, scoring 21 points. And, you know, the second game, she didn't have such, she didn't have as, as, as much of a dominant performance, but she still scored in double figures. Whoever's hot, feed them. If Chloe's hot, if Bibby's hot, if Danbury is hot, if Jessica's hot, I want to see Maya Taylor get hot. You know, even the young ladies off the bench, you know, Jamia Young, Azaria, Mothero, Espino Hunter. Uh, I want to see these young ladies. We have such youth and talent um, on this team. So while I want to see Rakia Jackson assert herself for the future, we still need. Chloe Bibby. Chloe Bibby to me is the key because she can shoot the three and she can go down in the post and rebound. So we definitely, definitely need her to be a key player this year because uh, this is her senior year, I'm thinking, unless she tries to get her. I don't think she's going to qualify for a medical research, um, but we need Chloe Bibby because if we don't lose Chloe last year, 
then I think we beat Oregon. And I think we have a definitely a chance to win a national championship if we have close. So, yeah, and that's the thing you kind of want to see with the girls' basketball team that, you know, that one thing that's good, though, even though I feel like Kia Jackson is that player that kind of can lead us to the top, I like that we have multiple players on the women's basketball team. She doesn't even have to be somebody that goes out there and scores 25 points a game, you know, like most dominant players sometimes do at the college level. She don't even have to do that. We just need her, like, when those games come up and we need somebody in the last five minutes to take charge, she can. She has that skill set. She can handle the rock. She can do those things. Uh, that's not saying Jessica Carter and some of those other players can't do something, but she has kind of a different type of skill set. Jessica Carter, at the end of the day, she's a big. So those players aren't always going to be the people that with the ball in their hands in the last five minutes. So I definitely want to see her kind of assert herself uh, toward the end of games. All right, guys. So let's kind of like end the show talking about the bowl preview and just just a couple more topics that go along with this game. So first, we're going to start off with uh, Brian Cole and Cam Dancer have decided to sit out have decided – oh, I thought I had muted myself, sorry. Cam Densler and Brian Coles decided to sit out the game, which I personally have no issue with, but a lot of fans have. So, guys, like, what do you think about those guys making the decision to ultimately sit out the game and decide to prepare for the NFL draft? Uh, first, I go to Ricardo. Mm, well, you said what I think about them sitting out? Yeah, yeah, what I think – well, I think this is a good decision, man. Like, you, you got to think about it. You don't want to go out there, especially with them having high draft grades, you don't want to go out there and risk an injury and then you end up, end up losing out on a big contract of couple, a couple million dollars based on you trying to go out there and prove a point. Like, your, your resume has pretty much been solidified because of, of your play during the season. What more do you need to uh, prove, you know, in a bowl, bowl game, especially when you're supposed to be higher ranked? And then you can give somebody else that's next up a chance to go out there and get some reps and get ready for the for next season to come up. Because from what I hear, uh, we have a pretty decent and talented uh, group in the uh, defensive backfield coming in for next year. So we, we should be good and get them some reps and go out there and play and and get get their, you know, saying bump their head and let them guys, you know, just sit back and get ready for the draft to come April. But me personally, I don't see anything wrong with it. So, Derek, how do you feel about like those guys deciding to sit out and just prepare for the prepare for the uh, Senior Bowl? Um, in Brian Cole's case, and Cam Denson just getting ready for the pro draft. Well, you know what? A lot of fans that are like, "Oh, take their scholarship. They shouldn't be allowed to travel." They're turning their back on their squad. And you, you did have Errol Thompson come out and say that he probably prefer these guys play to end the season. Uh, I would like to see them play. I think we're a stronger team with Brian Cole and Cam Downson in our secondary. But now this does give us a chance to prepare for the future without those guys next year, next Bulldog up. I'm okay with them sitting out. Over the couple of years, last couple of years, a lot of players have had their NFL chances ruined uh, by playing in bowl games. Think about the linebacker for the Cowboys. I can't, his name escapes me right now. Um, Jalen Smith. Tight end, yeah, yeah, him. The tight end from Michigan, Jake Butt, I mean, never was right after tearing that knee up. Uh, at a bowl game. So, but what's most importantly, a lot of people are saying, well, 
Kyler Hill's declaring he's playing. He's a star player. He's the one that's, that's probably going to get drafted for anybody. He's playing. So these two guys should be playing. Here's the thing. At this point in their Bulldog careers, these players know what's best for them. They've talked it over with Coach Moorhead, and whatever decision they have chosen to make, these young men are Bulldogs for life. This is not the first time that it's happened. It won't be the last time that it happens. I wish they would play because I want to go out in this bowl game a winner and we're strong with defense. We dance when cold, as I said before, but I'm fine with them sitting out. And, and preparing themselves for the NFL draft. Yes, and I, I am too. And I, I think as fans, people have to stop getting so upset when guys do these type of things because you got to think they got to look after their careers. And I do think the guys take into account the fact that it is a game. Or it's the Music City Bowl. And I know everyone wants every bowl to be important and be there for your guys, but it's the Music City Bowl. So I think everybody, you have to be realistic. It's the Music City Bowl. And then, so I think if it was a major bowl where we had won eight or nine games and we we're playing a more high-profile opponent, I think those guys would have chose to play because that's something, you know, to build your resume playing against a quality opponent. But in their case, we're playing against a Louisville. I mean, they have a pretty good offense. Um, just looking at the numbers, we're going to get to that. But at the same time, like, you're not playing a high-quality opponent. So what do you have to gain from playing the game? Yes, you get to be there for your brothers and all that stuff, but I think fans have to start looking at, too, us having guys be successful in the league makes us look good as a program. But one of those guys goes out there and get hurt, and they're a projected first, second-round draft pick. You know, that makes our program look bad. So I think, yes, we want guys to finish out their careers and do all that good stuff, but those guys being in the league, how, you think that hasn't helped our quarterback recruiting, that Dak Prescott in the league doing well? I mean, we've recruited pretty well at the quarterback position the last couple you know, the last five, six years. We recruited some high-profile guys. Elijah Staley was a four-star at that time. You know, Nick Fitzgerald wasn't, but Elijah Staley was a four-star, I believe. Mullen even recited him as a five-star caliber prospect. Keaton Thompson is a four-star. Jalen Maiden is a four-star. Will Rogers is a, probably a fringe four-star type of talent. We've been able to recruit some quality quarterbacks, possibly because of what Dak Prescott was able to do. At the quarterback position, we've done well. Look at what we put guys in the league. D-Tackle, we've gotten five-star guys. Do you think – can anybody believe that the success of Fletcher Cox doesn't have anything to do with that? We've proven that we can put these guys in the league. We're getting D-ends. We're getting D-Tackles because guys know you can come to Mississippi State and get to the league. And I think those are things that fans have to understand that is important. There's a reason we haven't gotten a lot of elite receivers. Ole Miss gets more elite receivers who has more guys in the league at receiver. They do. We have nobody in the league at receiver other than Fred Brown who got put off of our team. You have to think about that. So the positions where we have guys in the league, those are the positions where we are getting the highest caliber of talent. And I don't even think we're starting. I think we've recruited well at the running back position for the most part, but we had not got like that five-star elite guy in that way. So you have to look, how many guys do we have in the league at the running back position? So you got you have put guys in the league. That's why guys go to the Alabamas. That's why guys go to the USC's back in the day and those bigger schools like Ohio State because they know they aren't going to put guys in the league. And I, I even can make one thing this is random, but I almost think maybe us as Mississippi State, we can almost start calling ourselves D-line you because look what we're putting in the league right now. We're doing pretty good at the D-line position right now. You know, some of these other programs try to call themselves DBU. But right now, I think we could call ourselves uh, D-line you right now. 
based off of what we have in the league. We have three, uh, two of the top probably five defensive tackles in the league, and soon to probably three of the top five or six once Jeffrey, I think, emerges. All those guys are young, so Mississippi State players are going to be dumb. Who out there right now can put out a better defensive line than what Mississippi State has in the league right now? So that's just an offshoot coming. So, Derek, I think Ricardo's just back. Derek, do you feel like this game will start the Gary Schrader era, which could last for three years if it goes according to what some people some people's plan? Well, I, I did agree that if Gary Schrader is healthy, he will start. If he's not healthy, Tommy Stevens will start. But wouldn't it be like chocolate milk karma for Gary Schrader to, you know, not be available, Tommy Stevens to not be available, and Keaton Thompson gets to start against the one team that he has already beaten in a bowl game. I mean, that is some karma for you. You know, for him to, you know, not be able to, you know, be named a starting quarterback, all types of rumors sweating around, injury, transferring, and for him to, if he is going to leave, for him to end his Bulldog career playing against the Louisville Cardinals, whom he's already beaten in a bowl game, I think that would be awesome. But if Garrett Schrader is healthy enough to play, yeah, it's going to be the start of the straight area. But I would love to see Keaton Thompson get out there and whip up on them Cardinals one more time. So, Cardinal, now that you're back, do you think this game starts the Gary Schrader era? Um, no. No, not really. Um, I want to see how everything shakes out with this whole uh, black eye gate and how that shakes out. And I think, honestly, what he should do is play multiple quarterbacks that day. Because I know that's probably what he's going to do because if, if Steven's not hurt, I know Steven's going to get some burn. Um, Shirley's probably going to get some burn. And like Derek said, I'm I'm hoping all depend on how the outcome of the game goes that KT gets some burn. Like, just play them all. Like, what do we have to lose? We got to look at what we got what we, what we got facing the next year because – at the end of the day, what well, he has to, he, he got to put some of his people out, put some people out there to play and to get some burn because this is like the last, it might be the last little uh, wave of most people that he has. And now he's getting his people in here. So I, I want to see, like, like, let everybody get to play. The freshman, sophomore, everybody. And so we know what we got coming up, coming next year. But I don't think it will start. I don't think that started is going to be started his era because who knows what he might do. And, like, I think either you or Derek said, like, with this whole thing that happened the other day in practice, let's see what, what happens after that. Because if Willie Gay ends up not going to the league and he ends up staying, who says that Scherzer going to end up staying? Who says we, we never know? He might end up transferring because of that. Because Willie Gay got more potential. He got more upside than you do, Scherzer. So, with that being said, if Willie Gay ends up staying and not going to the league next year, he may end up transferring, but who knows? It's interesting indeed, and I think people need to stop and get, don't get so caught up on You know, I've even heard some of the other guys, some of the other, you know, recruiting guys and uh, Mississippi State, people that come from Mississippi State, you know, say that, you know, Gary Scherzer's our guy of the future. I, I don't like making bold, proclamating state, statements like that. If one, he hadn't done enough. 
Two, you never know with, with these quarterbacks. I'm sure Ole Miss last year was all in on Matt Corral and Shea Patterson at one point. And it's not the, the site Ole Miss as the, the ironclad example, but it's plenty of time guys of, oh, this is your quarterback of the future. And then it doesn't pan out that way. So I think it's very dangerous, especially with college quarterbacks. It's not like the NFL where a guy gets drafted first in the NFL draft. You get drafted first in the NFL draft, you're going to be the quarterback of the future. I hadn't seen so many cases in recent memory where that doesn't happen unless the guy just flame out in the first couple of years. But normally you're going to get a shot to be the guy. In college football, it does not work that way. If you falter, you will not be the guy. Like, you're going to get replaced. It don't work that way. So I, I think it's very dangerous, especially with, you know, he has some limitations. So it's very dangerous, I feel, to call him like the guy out of the future because I don't think he's done enough to earn it. Now, I think he got a little bite to him. I think he got, like, some of the tangibles. I like what I see. His size, his profile, when he comes to like actual former quarterback, and I don't know if he has the, the, the skill set to to be that guy. All right, so let's move on to the game. We talked about Gary Schrader being the guy. Let's get to the actual game. So I go to Ricardo first, since you were out at first when we went to the this top, the last topic. So Ricardo, what do you think the score or the prediction of who's going to win, and why do you think they're going to win? Honestly, I'm I'm going to say I'm going to probably roll with. Roll with Louis. Um Interesting. Because it, in, the, in the bowl game? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to probably go with Louis. Well, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, I, I feel like it will probably be probably like 27, 21, or 24, something like that. Because, like, we don't have no – basically no – Concrete starter quarterback, everything's in like we're 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 gonna be missing a couple of our key players on defense. So with that being said, like I know it's gonna be a close game and like we we have a pretty unproven team out there uh this year. So it's gonna every I feel like everybody's gonna give a run. It's gonna be a good game. That's because we're an SEC team, we're gonna be able to hang with them. But Louisville is a more more seasoned team. And like I, I hate to go against stable from what I've seen this year. Like we're we're barely inconsistent. And I think with this time off and with Moorhead's play calling and with some decisions that he's made when it comes to the personnel, like I'm gonna get a slight edge to Louisville, not being spiteful. I feel like the final score is gonna be twenty seven for twenty four. Uh it's not gonna be a blow. I don't see us getting this. Thoroughly smashed, but yeah, that's 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 my pick for the game. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Lewis because they're the more quote unquote experienced team. Right. So I guess I go to our host AJ. So who is this calling from San Antonio? Now that I think about it, uh, I don't know, but I this is my number that I use for school. But that's beside the point. Uh, what was the question? Who do you think is going to win the game and why? Oh, I know one thing about Louisville, which is that their defense is a load of ass. And I also know that Mississippi State's offense usually can get going against non-conference teams. And I think that our defense should be able to hold up pretty well against a non-conference team also. So um, I would go ahead and say that why I think that the likelihood that we'll jack up this game is just as high as the likelihood that we'll handle our business. 
uh, considering that it's just Louisville, um, I see no reason to go against Mississippi State. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna win this. All right, so let's go to Derek. What do you think the outcome of the game is gonna be? I'll to stole my thunder because I was definitely gonna criticize Louisville's defense. Their run defense is atrocious. And Ricardo, what makes you think Louisville is a more veteran team than Mississippi State? Numbers. Numbers. Okay. Well, uh, they don't matter if they are more veteran. We're going to whoop their ass. Okay. <laughs> I come before the fall. But I, I, I kind of put me somewhere in the middle. I do think we're going to win the game. But I do think I, I, I'm not like going to sit up here and like Louisville and like a little scary in some respects. Like our defense has been very suspect this year. So I can't really say that our defense is much better. I think we're going to be improved that we got everybody back. That's the one element that they've had a whole bowl practice to practice together. You know, probably a little bit too much because they fight. But at the same time, like I think, you know, we should win. But at the same time, there's reasons to, uh, to have pause. I have to make sure I looked at the guy's name one more one, uh, before uh, right before I made these comments, but uh, their receiver, Tutu Otwell, I mean, he has 1,000 yards on the season. Their running back has 1,400 yards, but looking at his highlights, he doesn't look overly impressive. I might eat those words, but I do think we'll probably do well against – we'll be able to do well against the run because he's, he's a smaller scat back type. And then with that receiver, with his speed, that scares me. But this will be a game to really see what we have in our corners with Tyler Williams, with Martin Emerson, with Jaron Jones. If those guys do what they're supposed to do, especially with those guys – you know, backing them up with the Fred Peters, with the Marcus Murphy. These are the games, a game for them to shine. If those guys handle their business, this type of game where we could win it going home. But at the same time, they do have a really good quarterback, probably a better quarterback than we have. And then at the same time, they have a good receiver who's caught for a thousand yards. We can't look over that. So it could be a game that could be kind of sketchy for us, but I think we'll be able to take care of business and, and win the game. I can see it being somewhat like 27, 30, to like 17, so they may get a touchdown or two, but I can see us really probably taking care of business. Uh, you know, with Gary Schrader being the guy, they can rally behind him, but if he falters, you do have Tommy Stevens. All right, so I'm just going to leave it to everybody, give everybody a parting shot. Let's say any, I don't know if anybody got any type of social, social consciousness, woke commentary, but I leave the floor open for that. So, since AJ came in later, I'm gonna let him go ahead and start them. So AJ, you got any final comments here before we close out the podcast? Um, let me see. Any type of social commentary that I had. Uh well, I guess that I'm gonna stay out of the frame on that one. Uh I missed all of the topics, which kind of sucks, but whatever. So I guess that I'm gonna give my rundown of what I feel. The men's basketball team is a load of ass. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, I actually went to the game Sunday when we played against New Mexico State, and they looked absolutely atrocious. Uh, Reggie Perry actually started to look good towards the end of the game, believe it or not. But he started off really, really soft. But Jesus Christ, everybody just looks so bad. When I say everybody, I mean everybody. Looked it absolutely it, like they, it, it, it was bad. That's all I got to say about that. Let's see, the football team. Um, let's see, what happened with Willie Gay and Garrett Schrader was just a uh, revenge 
for the intro of Street Fighter, where they always had the white guy punching the black guy. So that's all they was doing. You know what I'm saying? It was like reparations of some sort, if you will. Uh, let's see what else was one of the topics. Uh, the bowl game. Well, we already know about the bowl game. I gave y'all my opinion on that. And uh, as far as any social commentary is concerned, women's basketball. Um, women's basketball. Well, you know, let me tell you something about women's basketball, brother. Um, I am still an Aaliyah Matharu fan. And somebody said that they think that her attitude is jacked up. And I was like, well, it needs to be jacked up. Because, I was, because as far as I'm concerned, they got her playing behind some people. I'm not going to say that she needs to start, but I am going to say that she needs to get more PT than what she has. Maybe it's an attitude problem or something like that. Who knows? But one thing that I do know is this, is that when she's out on the court, she makes things happen. And they only putting her out for a couple of seconds at a time. And, uh... In my opinion, she has the ability she she might not be as good of a distributor as Maya Taylor is, but she is one hundred percent a better scorer. And she's also a person who has a bit of a uh, killer instinct. You know, she'll go out there and she'll make some things happen if ain't nobody else doing anything. She's like Devin on drumline, okay? She's just going out there trying to take drum solos from Maya Taylor. And, you know, that's that's the thing there. And uh, it's nice to see Rakia Jackson coming along. And, you know, that's that's cool or whatever. Um, the Hemingway girl, I don't want to see her go anywhere purely. I mean, they haven't been giving her very much PT, but, you know, she look all right or whatever. So I guess that's a reason enough to stay around. Uh, and as far as any social commentary is concerned, I don't know. I think that there just needs to be... Well, you know, in Jackson, we're having a problem with crime and stuff like that. Somebody got robbed at my apartment complex right as I was leaving to get a piece of burger from Burger King. And I came in and I sat down, you know, I was getting ready to watch The Mandalorian. Actually, I had The Mandalorian on. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm just getting ready to watch uh, Baby Yoda. Next day, I know I hear like pop, 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 pop. And I'm like, wow. So, you know. And it was, like, hella fine close. Like, I could tell that it was, like, basically right outside of my door. And so, uh, um, you know, the thing is that I had just gotten from the store. So, like I say, nine times out of ten, the people who did the robbery were out there when I was coming into my apartment. They could have just as easily chosen me. Why they didn't? Who knows? Probably because I'm known in the ghetto, girl. Just stay by my side. But uh, um, <laughs> I everybody keeps talking about the fact that you know, oh yeah, I you know, you be at the gun range, blah 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 blah. But the thing is that yeah, I go to the range and I shoot, but I do not carry. So if they would have ran up on me, I'd have just been asked out because, like I say, I do not carry. Um, and that's a whole another thing for another day as to why I don't carry, but. That's all I got to say about that. So just, yeah. <laughs> all right. So Ricardo, I'm going to give you, give you a shot at social commentary. I'm sure you're going to hit us with something. So what's your woke commentary for this podcast? Man, that was entertaining. Well, Arthur was just saying, man, what the hell? I had to be a rap lyric. But to, to, to piggyback off of what he said, it's like, is this, like, I'm starting to think that a lot of this stuff is not astronomically or logically possible, man. Like I seen a, I seen him post it, and I thought he was just joking. 
But come to find out, like, that, that 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 was ridiculous. Like, for that to happen just that close to him. And I'm like, not saying that I'm glad that that didn't happen to him. And on the flip side, I'm like, wow. Like, he within he was just within minutes from for that happening, for him to go out and getting something to eat and somebody getting robbed, getting a gun put on me, somebody getting shot. Like, I don't know what's going on in Jackson. I don't know what's in the water down there, but something has to be done and done quickly because, like, Jackson is creeping up on, like, big, big city numbers, like 80, 90, almost 100 homicides in a year, and Jackson is considered a small city. It's big to us because we're from Mississippi, but if anybody stayed in other places, like here in Houston where me and Jeremiah live, like, that's like a suburb comp- compared to, you know, some, a lot of places. But only thing I can tell, like, people like Arthur, anybody else that I know in that place, man, hey, just be careful. Be mindful where, you, where you're going, where you're at at all times because from the way that things are going, like, hey, man, if they ain't shooting you down there, they snatching dudes and women up. So just be, be very, very careful, especially during this quote-unquote holiday season, man, because people, niggas don't want to work. And they haul for money because ain't no jobs there. They're taking all the jobs out of Jackson, put them in Rocky County, in Madison. And nobody don't, a lot of people don't want to work. So to everybody that's there, that lives there, and everybody that has family there, be very, very careful out there because these people minds are playing tricks on them. Sorry, let's end it with Derek. Well, I guess technically I ended it, but Derek, you have any social commentary, any final thoughts? Well, I just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a happy and joyous start to 2020. Um, as far as social commentary, man, um, probably mentor a youth, a young person who you know needs some guidance. These young people are out here committing these crimes and they, they're taking out elders and in some cases, when they take out the elder, when they get caught, they're in jail. So you have two generations being taken away before their time. So something needs to be done about the violence, not just in my hometown, but across this country. Uh, it, it's just, it saddens me um, that what's going on in our country as far as with violence, politics, um, it's just sad. Sometimes I wish I could just, I had a, a button I could push to just fix it, you know, but unfortunately life is not that easy. But I just want to wish everybody happy holidays. Well, I'm kind of going to piggyback what everybody was saying as far as with the social commentary. Uh, I, I think like, you know, somebody I kind of think of, like when I think about black Americans, some of the things we need to do is somebody as an educator now and I see how important it is. One, education, and they talk about, you know, and somebody that loves teaching, reading, and all the aspects that come along with that, like kids being able to read, kids being able to do things foundationally, educationally, and things like that in the school system, that's the start that prevents a lot of this stuff. Like, you know, if they can get that taken care of at the elementary level, at the young level, because what they said, if kids don't learn how to read by the fourth grade or certain age levels, then they a lot of times they don't learn or they're not proficient. AJ probably can speak more to that himself. But at the same time, you know, I want to see more people like within our community. We all talk about what changes we can make. But a lot of people, they talk, but they don't do anything. You know, and, you know I'm a LeBron fan, but just kind of taking the basketball part aside, 
I like what he's doing, what is cool. Cause it isn't just like what is cool and him trying to make the kids better academically um, with their school. They're doing, he, of course he's not in there teaching them, but the other little things that people not seeing how he's having food pantries and now they have a transitional housing. So the kids have somewhere to stay. So it's like little things like that. And, you know, I just wish more pro athletes or not even athletes, entertainers, you know, we talk about a lot of things and, People come in and they have all these other things they want to talk about and say we need to change this and that. But if we can at least do it from the ground level, we have the money ourselves to do this. And I'm not going to go all Umar Johnson, although he makes a lot of good points sometimes. But at the same time, like those are the things I think it it, kind of even kind of lumps in what AJ was saying about what ends up happening with him. Because a lot of times that doesn't happen if those a person like that gets what they need at the younger level when they have the education. And they don't have to resort to doing things like that. So it all kind of ties together. So a lot of these things are preventable. But I think we're looking for these big sweeping things or we won't just be real. We want some white person to come in and them to feel our pain and stop doing the evil stuff. Well, you can't change people's heart. But at the same time, too, you know, as, as Biggie said, we can't change the world till we change ourselves. And I don't want to necessarily be quoting Biggie and all that type of stuff. But at the same time, that kind of goes with that. So normally I don't give the big woke comments and things like that. But I think it's a lot of it that kind of ties together with all with all y'all were saying. Um, but just to end the podcast, man, I don't want to tell everybody just go out and enjoy their Christmas with their families or whatever you're doing. Like I live here in Houston, so I'm not around all of my family. But those who are blessed enough to be near their family, just enjoy them, man. If you're not, man, just love yourself, man. Like I hate to you know say it that way, but just love yourself, man. Just because you're not around nobody for thank uh, for Christmas, don't mean you can't. Enjoy the holiday and the, and the reason for it. So, in the in the what's the in the words of Vic Shaper and our good Lord, um, praise the Lord and go dogs. K bye. Shut the fuck up. What they say? I got two black eyes. Where they at though? Jello beats. Holla at me. Where they where they at though? Where they at though? Where they where they where they at though? Where they at? Where they at? Where they at? No. 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 Where they at? Where they at? Where they at? Where they at? No. Where they? Where they at? No. Where they?